What it is. What's up? Got your podcast in the cut. This metronome. Messing me up. Airtime uh, garage band. Ah, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, tell us this is a societal podcast and music related content. Have played this in my brain for a while. I don't know why I don't just get these things done and just hope that y'all like them because it's better than not getting done ever. Um, and some of these albums, you can kind of tell that uh, I've been sitting on them for a while. <laughs> but I am ready for you to hear them. Uh, we have today, we got. Tom and Paula, we got Grimes, we got Riff Raff. None of those are new names, so you can figure out yourself how long these have been out there. But we gon' get at it. We gon' get at it. We gon' get at it. These are gonna be dramatically smaller and quicker to talk about because for the most part, all of these products are, I believe, things that you either heard about or you probably should have heard about this point. And I don't think anything reflects that more than a Tom and Paula album. This particular one is called The Slow Rush. Um, probably the most anticipated project coming into 2020, uh, I would think, after you had hits come out like Patience and Borderline. Um, it just, I mean, very big. I mean, Currents was probably the biggest track, biggest, I won't say surprise in 2015, but I don't believe Tom and Paul was a very large uh, act back then. I think Kevin Parker would tell you that himself. Uh, so, after the success of tracks like uh, uh, The Lesson of the Better, uh, eventually, uh, yes, I'm, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it's, it's one of the biggest products. Uh, you know, same old uh, mistakes covered by Rihanna. Just a massive album. One of my favorite albums. Uh, of 2015, probably my favorite non-hip-hop album 2015, an album that introduced me to a lot of non-hip-hop acts, especially in the rock, uh, rock, uh, psych-pop, uh, all of those indie-pop, very, you know, general uh, industries out there that a lot of people follow, I didn't until that point, and I am glad that Currents came out, and I would say Slow Rush does not hold the same grip for me it's a very consistent project uh, but in that sense it's not it's not highs like currents there's not a yes i'm changing that's the only thing i got for you there's not that long as just wail from eventually i mean those moments just you know the the fun of uh of uh you know not the greatest feeling ever you know fuck trevor like that that's not a vibe we get here very often. Let me say this. I played some parts quite fervently, but I also played parts of currents quite fervently. I've I've listened back to that project multiple times this year. It still holds up very well. I just don't think that certain songs off of here grip me the same way. Um off top, I think, you know, I mean, Breathe Deeper was a great track. Uh, is it true? Is it true? I would say that's one of the groovier tracks on here. Maybe one of the closest to Currents you'll get. Uh, one more hour and one more year. Very, uh, in, in, instrumentally soundtracks. And I think that much of this project goes in that direction, where it's very instrumentally sound. It flows in well with the instrumental from the previous track and after afterwards of that track. Uh, everything flows well. Transitions are great. Uh. It's less psych pop and 
it exists in some realm between onerism and currents. Uh, I think a lot of people will have forgotten this project because it does not make a statement uh, as far as the evolution of Tom and Paula goes, at least from an instrumental pr uh, perspective. And I think that's, you know, that's fair. I mean, it's not, it's not a groundbreaking project. I believe when you have an act like Tom and Paula that just moved on in, in massive uh, just shifts their previous three albums, it's kind of interesting to have a project that doesn't really make a, a large statement. And I think that this one doesn't do that. And lyrically, I believe it's easily the most forgettable um, since... I mean, easily more forgettable lyrically than Currents. I could probably contend that it's not as interesting as Lonerism, but that's a very dried-out project as far as lyrics go, very to the back intentionally. So, I mean, that's a push, I suppose. But time being a very large uh, perspective on here, it does hit me at certain points of you know, the evolution uh, that you would want out of yourself when you finally have achieved a certain state of happiness uh, to get past nostalgia. I think it's a very cool theme. So kind of wrapping up on there, I uh, think it's great. I probably would, I originally wrote down 8.5 to 10 claps. Uh, I wrote that down probably about four or five months ago. So <laughs> I feel more of an 8 out of 10, honestly, just thinking about it right now. Uh, a lot of the projects I probably would go back to, I don't I'm not really engage with too heavenly, too heavenly, too heavily. Uh, fucking mouth. Uh, Into Destiny, great hit. Definitely deserves to be essentially the first display of what this album has to come. I know track one is you know a song itself, but kind of just seems to set of uh, the foundation more so. And Into Destiny is supposed to be the first plants to grow from there. Uh, Posthumous Forgiveness, the second half of that is amazing. Uh, on track, another solid track. I think that what hurts a lot, too, is that a lot of these songs don't merit the length they have. Uh, it seems like he's not really expecting our time with some of these song lengths. I mean, if you... It's hard because... You know, you don't want to compromise. Like, maybe some kind of genes can come out towards the back half or, you know, at a certain point, some of these... Some of these works, but... I mean, yes, I'm changing hits 20 seconds in. The less I know, the better. 20 seconds in. I mean, these are thoughts that just don't need to be four minutes for them to really work for you. Posthumous forgiveness doesn't, like, really, to me, really bang until you get to, like, what, four minutes or 30 seconds in? And I feel like a lot of these are just slow burners. And again, maybe that flows back into the concept of time, but I just don't think that this feels like a, a project that merits the time that it commits towards some of these thoughts. And that's not to say that I don't really love this album. I really do think this is a great album. It's just not, it's not Currents, basically. I, I, it's not Currents. So going from there, um, favorite tracks, like I said, Instant Destiny, uh, It Might Be Time would be up there, I would imagine. Uh, Lost in Yesterday is very good. And I also like Breathe Deeper quite a bit. And starting this now, player comparisons is starting, something I'm starting to do with um these recent comparisons uh recent works recent projects i call this andre Podala. uh the guy kevin parker you know he's the guy multiple rings multiple wins at this point this is a true champion he's in this uh downswing probably as far as just 
a top tier, you know, face of the the franchise type of guy. Uh, probably not any more Finals MVPs coming along his way, but still gives you some measurable performances. Equal dollar in the previous Finals. Uh, I don't know if how much people enjoy that comparison, and maybe people value Equal Dollar a little bit less than I would. But I think Equal Dollar is a great comparison. So um, I guess I'm back, and I'm here with the good word of one golden skinned messiah. Adversaries call me on my BlackBerry. Adversaries call me on my BlackBerry. On my cell phone. Now I'm on my iPhone. She thought it was a cat phone. Now I'm on my bat phone. Uh, if you recognize those stylistic tellings, you might have listened to The Golden Alien by Riff Raff. Uh, Riff Raff's discography has many underrated classics. I would say quite a few, matter of fact. Uh, Neon, Neon Icon, Aquaberry Freestyle. Uh, not Aquaberry Freestyle. That's not what I'm thinking about. Um, <laughs> I'm not thinking about that one. I'm thinking about Balloween, which I believe has Aquaberry Freestyle on it. Um, and you know, some other, you know, all-time great songs he has littered in there. But those two are really, you know, part two uh, and one of the trifecta. This one, the earlier of his discography, uh, I'm nearly asleep right now. I swear when I am. If you can tell, I, my words. It's not a Sleepy Joe. Call me Sleepy Jabir. Um, <laughs> so, Sleepy Joe Beer. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I, I really like quite a few tracks off of here. But the first one I ever heard was a Ryan's Belt by Riff featuring uh, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride being now dubbed as Kitty. Uh, famous for such bratty pop tracks as um thanks Catherine obvious and uh barbie jeep which was very big on adult swim during her first ever uh summer low-key hits anyway it, it's 2012 it's uh, barbie jeep between friends and i think rtj something like that pretty low-key joints but you surround anything with Duality and Captain Murphy and I listened to it and I listened to Barbie Jeep. I really like Barbie Jeep. Um, and then I came from Barbie Jeep to Riff Raff and Riff Raff Neon Icon and eventually came to this project which had a Ryan's Bill and Kitty on it. Um, great. Which is the Riff Raff bars? Uh, let's just root off some few. Little Mom, I'm sorry. Probably the biggest track off of here. And one of Riff's coldest uh, tracks to drive around to, certainly. Little mama, I'm sorry, I never meant a ball like this. And who would expect I'd be in a drop top sis or Ferrari? Little mama, I'm sorry. And then he opens his verse with hot summer working lumber in my stretch plum hummer. Sometimes he goes deep with his voice, and sometimes he goes real just monotonous. And this is one of those tracks, thankfully, which is monotonous riff rap, you know, cold, uh, straight wheel grind. I forgot the, the phrase that Houston's used. Uh, working a slab, you know, that, that riff, you know, you gotta love them. Working wheels, popping pills, showcasing my skills. Will I make 20 million in time will tell. I'm a ball at the mall, shutting down the seawall. 40 carats across my jaws in case they don't trust me. MC Hammer can't touch me. Your freestyle is disgusting. Lyrically, it's also a very good track for Riff Raff. Um, I think you tend to have that in quite a few of these. Even though the 
the magazine, even the production style, even the genre might change. Um, I believe there is Breakaway, which is a country track. You have a essentially EDM influence in uh, not only uh, Rice Out, I believe it is, Rice Out, Spotify, where are you at? Rice Out, very EDM influence. Uh, I would also contend that Freeze Drive is kind of uh, club oriented, but you know, take that how you may. Uh, Bat Phone, another good anthem. Uh, very interesting as I, you know, open this little segment up with. And you even have Riff Out Freestyle, which is essentially this spastic, uh, chopped, not screwed, but chopped, uh, I don't even know. There's not even lyricists on the internet. And I don't, honestly, God, know what most of what he said in it. But I liked it. I really liked it. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is chopped to hell. Not screwed, which I think this goes to show that you need both. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Anyway, um, fresh tracks, probably Ryan's Bell, easily. Um, peak Tumblr hip-hop, if you remember Tumblr or hip-hop in 2012. Um, Lil Mama, I'm Sorry. Freeze, Dry, and Riff Ride Freestyle is my favorites. Uh, player comparison, Dion Waiters. It gets really, uh, it, it succeeds in some very interesting spots. However, at the end of the day, uh, this project has a ceiling and it does not do enough to beat that ceiling. But, but the entire experience is very comical and has some moments where you sit there and think, this guy really knows what he's doing. He's quite a talent. All right. So I think I'm going to have to go with this one. Um, more for what I believe it could have been and maybe where it fell in a couple of spots versus what we got. And I know I sound disappointed, um, but we think about this project and what this project was supposed to be. So this is the sequel to Art Angels, which if you don't know, was one of the most acclaimed uh, albums, period, of the last decade. Um, not only that, but also one of the most higher-up albums in electro, electro-pop, um, industrial, indie-pop, whatever you want to go with, uh, really. Just one of the biggest albums in whatever genre you want to think of it as. You look at the acclaimed top 120, uh, top 20 pop and rock albums, uh, Number four, best album 2015, and a stacked year of music. Uh, one of my favorite years of music, period. Uh, number three on the 100 best albums of the 2010s by Stereo Gum. I mean, just an incredible project. Had some of the best songs I, I've ever heard as far as just in your ears. <laughs> Earworms. Uh, Flesh Without Blood, California, Kill of the Main. Uh, Butterfly, just amazing projects, amazing songs. Uh, truly a work of art in every way. Even just some individual songs, like Flesh Without Blood is better than some some entire discography, to be quite honest with you. it It's that good a, uh, <laughs> that, that good a song. Um, so, we go from there. A very poppy album. You could probably contend her only real pop album, an album that Grimes does not like, uh, or at least does not like in comparison to other albums, an album that she has gone out of her way to say is her least favorite 
because of that's not her lane. Great voice, um, very especially great voice when used with a little bit of um, let's say just sugary coating. Uh, and being the producer that she is, she usually finds a good niche with her own voice. Um, goes away from that quite a bit on this project, Miss Anthropocene. Leaked in September 2019 initially, later leaked in full in November 2019. Uh, I downloaded the leak. I was very upset that it did not have reappreciate power on the album. The final version had it. I guess that was kind of her way of giving you know people something. Uh, something different, as well as some algorithm misses, which I believe is kind of like algorithm misses are very big with um, certain artists now. I believe Jai Paul did an algorithm miss with his Jasmine song that it constantly changes to some degree as you listen to it. Um, and that matches her idea with this project. She wanted to go very dark, very uh, menacing, while also taking that to a positive note, climate change and all that shit. Some of the faults of nature and a man um and she tries to achieve i guess a a change a necessary change idea with some of her her songs such as uh we appreciate power um violence uh delete forever uh you know something like that but she also touches on you know human topics such as what i adore you which is also a reference to a very uh, dark-looking book. I didn't read it, but it references a very dark-looking book. Um, so that's interesting. Um, and then we go from there to You Miss Me All Right When I'm Not Around, another kind of battle as far as love and, you know, things that she did. If you looked at my Spotify page right now, the songs I have liked have very heart heavy vocal um, presences. I wish that more on this project had heavy vocal presences however it seems as if she has two products she's working on simultaneously and the latter is supposed to be more in the lane i like of her such as i adore you or violence or you know 4m is 4m is acceptable i mean that's a primarily instrumental track uh by grimes but it's more interesting than just the the barren landscape that she kind of shoots for was things like So Heavy I Fell Through the Earth or, um, or uh, you know, Dark Side kind of continues that same theme. A lot, a lot of tracks on here, I would say, actually just are very bleak. And um, it works sometimes. I mean, it's not like it's bad, but I would have just liked it to be more vocal. Uh, and I would say that most of the ones I fuck with on here are vocal. 4 a.m. is kind of like a... Um, it matches this theme, but it reminds me loosely of what um, of what Kill the Main shot for, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, big fan of this project overall. I still think that even though it doesn't hit um, where I would have liked it to, it still is good. It still is a must listen. I feel like if you like Grimes. Uh, I think that it, it, it works in the sense that it, it, it kind of gives you the best of everything from this woman's discography. Uh, it gives you a smidgen of Art Angels and it makes sure that it's just a smidgen. Gives you some visions and a got Gady Prawns. I believe that's how you pronounce it, Gady Prawns. It, it gives you enough taste with, with progression to be like, okay, this is 
it seems to be her definitive, this is all I accomplished in my career as an individual, as a person that did this all on their own, and grind all on their own, as a producer, as a vocalist, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. This is supposed to be her definitive edition, essentially, the game of the year edition of Grimes. And if that's where she wants to stage right on, then I think that this does a good job of allowing her to truly evolve and come out of that that cocoon shell as the uh, evolution of man. So best tracks. Uh, I could probably go back in and give this one a listen and maybe change the list up a little bit. But off the top of my head, I know Re Appreciate My Power would be on there, certainly. Uh, I adore you. I just like I just I like when Grimes gets on her you know touchy Philly shit. It, it's so heartfelt because you get so little of that typically with her projects. Uh, you'll miss when I'm not around. Also like that one. Also the shortest one on here. So you know maybe it's just quick and to the point. That's why I like that a little bit. Um, I would say 4 a.m. and Doing Forever is cool. I feel like the first quarter one through four uh tracks on here they kind of blend together so you kind of you kind of have to take them for what they are and just take the highs out of the lows there but i guess i'd probably say delete forever maybe that'd be the one i go with there and i definitely would compare this to a higher end artist uh not not anybody that's just a bum this comparison that i wrote down is not the one i want to go with right now <laughs> i compare it to goran drogic because it really does elevate at a certain point when it needs to uh, on on works where she needs to give a truly vocal stardom type of moment. She's able to do so, such as Goran Dragic did at times in the playoffs and throughout the season. Uh, very consistent, just like Goran Dragic. Um, not going to wow anybody, especially when we think Goran Dragic is successor guard, successor, successor Miami guard to Wade, essentially. Um, or if Art Angels was Wade, then I guess that would make this Gorn, and I think that's a fair comparison. It kept things going, and it's going to keep Grimes relevant in the music genre until we get whatever the next product is. I hope it's more pop-oriented. We, I think that's really just, I think she's like a, a, a dial, and she wants to be at like 10% pop, and she's at her best when she's like, 40% pop. So I hope we get somewhere between that with the techno pop, techno pop joint she wants to drop next. Maybe we will, but I do know that I'm glad that y'all are sticking along with this podcast. Um, first time doing this in quite a while. I don't know how long this has been, but I feel like this has been shorter than my usual work. So hope it's a little bit more digestible and let me know how I can improve. Share, subscribe, rate, blah, blah, blah. Uh, see y'all later.